Imagine a tax increase so significant that it prompted more than half the country to change its spending habits. Well, we're essentially facing that right now. It's called inflation. Gas prices are up. Grocery prices are up. Clothing is up. But how did things get this bad? Well, today on the Mach 1 Market Moment, we'll explore how inflation happens and what history tells us about what might be about to happen. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Well, welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode 99. David, can you believe it? 99, almost 100, almost into triple digits. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Today, we're talking about something on everyone's mind. That's inflation. It's been the news for a while now. It's been up 4% since April of last year, getting worse since then. Now it's hovering around 8%. Things have gotten so bad, people across the country are altering how they spend their money. Take a minute here and listen to what a recent report from CNBC said. A new CNBC and Acorn survey finds nearly half of Americans say they think about rising prices all the time. And more than three quarters say they're worried higher prices will force them to rethink their financial choices. If higher prices persist, more than half say they'll cut back on dining out. 42% will cut back on driving, and 40% say they'll cancel a trip or vacation. Wow, if that doesn't get your attention, nothing will. Okay, so on the podcast today, we have our founder and CEO, David Lee, and our soon-to-be-married, by the time this (laughs) airs, yeah, not quite by the time this airs, Eli Freeman. Eli's getting married this coming weekend, so this is near and dear to his heart as he's starting out his newlywed life. All right, guys, you ready to get going and talk about inflation? Let's do it. Exciting. Exciting. Well, you can tell he's a young guy, right? All right. So why is inflation so high, and why is it affecting everyone? Well, why is inflation so high? That's, um, I guess you could say that's kind of debatable. I think, because there's a lot of different things that you could say, well, you know, this causes inflation or that causes inflation. Uh, Milton Friedman, uh, an economist, he, he he has a quote that says that inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. In other words, inflation is always caused by money supply issues, right? If the Fed prints too much money, then you've got, uh, you know, if you take it to the extreme example, you've got an infinite supply of money chasing a finite supply of goods and services. So prices go up also known as inflation. Another theory out there, uh, the Harry Dent theory, uh, is uh, who's a Harvard, Harvard-trained economist, his theory is that it's caused by um, demographics. You know, a lot of his theories are based on demographic waves. And when you've got 
a young, a large uh, workforce, like for example, when the baby boomers were hitting their 20s and entering the workforce, you had high inflation then because you're trying to, for basically the same reason, right? You've got an almost infinite demand for goods and services, but a finite supply. So the, mm-hmm. so the supply, so the prices go up, right? You've seen that in housing, right, Eli? Mm-hmm. And you can, you can keep it as simple as there's too much money chasing too few goods, or you can get as complex as going into supply chain, going into the current circumstances of the economy. But basically what's happening is too much money chasing too few goods. That's right. Eli, that was a perfect lead in because I was going to say, what's the definition of inflation? And of course, you being as studious as you are, you gave it to us. Give it to us one more time. The definition <laughs> of inflation. It's too much money chasing too few goods. But how do they calculate it? And how do we know that inflation is actually happening other than knowing that the gas prices are going up and groceries are going up? Now, Eli, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's my job. I ask the questions and you guys answer it. <laughs> so, how is Inflation calculated, Eli. (laughs) So it's the Bureau of Labor Statistics that keeps track of inflation. So they they go out and they look at a basket of goods, say groceries, uh, gas prices, homes. There's basically eight different sectors that they look at. And each month, they'll measure how much does that cost. And that's how they keep track of it. It's just called a basket of goods that they, they look at from month to month. And that basket changes from month to month. Are there some things they leave out? Yes, uh, food and energy are typically left out. So groceries and gasoline are left out. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it really is a way for the government to essentially cook the books on, on inflation. I mean, it, uh, we, I say that kind of half-jokingly, but it, it really is kind of true. I mean, it's a way to cook the books. Because if you look at, you know, I mean, what what is government, I don't even know, Eli, maybe you, or Mike, maybe you can help me out here. I don't even know what is the latest reading on inflation. It's over seven or is it's it over seven percent yeah so seven eight percent but look at um you know how much has housing gone up in the last year it's a heck of a lot more than seven percent mm-hmm. how much have car prices gone up in the last year heck of a lot more than seven percent how much has gas prices gone up in the last year heck of a lot more than seven percent so uh yeah, i mean when you when you only if you're the government and you get to pick and choose what things you're going to count uh, you can essentially cook the books to make inflation not sound as bad. So just so everybody knows, it, uh, you know, David didn't say the government is cooking the books. NSA, if you're listening, that was just a joke. Don't don't write us. Don't come after us. So we're we just kind of giving an opinion. All right. So uh, so inflation could be a lot worse than what the reports are saying is what you're saying, David. It, it is a lot worse. I mean, that's just the truth. It 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 is worse than the headline inflation figure. Again, you don't have to look very far to, to validate that that's true. Look at housing, look at gas prices, look at car prices, look at food prices, you know. And some of those things you cannot avoid. I right. mean, if, if you're like Eli, starting a new life out, buying a house, I mean, you have to. I mean, we have pastors at our church moving here, can't buy a house because of the prices just going through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, mortgage is not an issue. But for somebody else, it would be. Like we've had several people that we know have had car accidents. They have to buy a vehicle. Well, this is the absolute worst time to buy one because of prices. So it, it affects different people at different stages in their life differently. Okay. Wow. That was good. So, all right. I think we've got a little bit of this. So causes of inflation. Yeah, I, I probably kind of hit on that a little bit earlier, but... Um... Basically, it's it's just like Eli said, too much 
money supply uh, money supply chasing too few goods so you can you can look at the demographic theory which basically results in the same thing right if you've got a large workforce trying to find jobs then what are gonna what's gonna happen to uh you know what's gonna happen to this price of things if you've got a uh, high demand and supply doesn't change the prices will go up right um what's going to happen if you print way too much money if you give everybody stimulus checks or what was it called? PPP loans, the forgivable PPP loan. And then the other one was um, uh, just the, the COVID stimulus, right? If you've got, if you just give all that so-called free money out. And halting student loans. Yeah, stopping student loans. All that stuff, uh, all that is inflationary. Well, Dave, you used the example already about cars. So we have this right now. There are fewer cars because of supply chain, because of chips, because of whatever. And you got more people wanting to buy them and more people with money. And so the prices have just done nothing but go through the roof. Yeah, I mean, crazy. used car prices are equal to, if not higher, than some new car prices. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. It, okay. it is mind-boggling. So, yeah, this is my lack of preparation showing up well, here. I, I, can, <laughs> I can talk about this. So when was the last time inflation was really this bad for an extended period of time? Well, that would be known as the Great Inflation, which took place during the 70s, and it wouldn't calm down until later in 1982. Eli, you want to go over some of those periods and things that happened during that time? Yeah, well, the, the 70s, actually, the inflation that was happening in the 70s is stronger than what we're experiencing right now. There's a lot of different factors that were going into it, similar to, to what we experience today. There was an oil crisis that caused oil prices to quadruple. There was the Vietnam War, so similar to what's going on over in Europe. Um, the gold standard ended in 1971. That's basically just a change in monetary policy. But also the, the Federal Reserve at the time had different focuses. So they, in the 70s, they were focused on keeping prices low, but they also had several other focuses that were distracting them from just inflation. And so it was able to get a little bit more out of hand for a longer period of time. Now, if today this inflation that we're experiencing goes on for another five, six more years. Well, then it'll be exactly like the 70s. Well, as growing up in the 70s and getting out of college in the 80s, uh, if we think today's inflation is bad, from personal experience, my first home, the interest rate on a 30-year loan in 1983, 14%. Mm-hmm. Eli, you just bought a house. Your interest rate is? 3875. So in comparison... Not as bad, but no. it's still bad. It's mm-hmm. still bad. Well, and the, and the reason for that was in the late 70s, I can't remember the exact time frame, but there was a Federal Reserve chairman, Paul Volcker, that came into board, and he knew that he needed to stop inflation. That was his primary objective when he came into office. And so he rapidly increased rates. It went from, I think, like 12% in the 70s to 19% in 1981. It was The Federal Reserve rate went to the roof. And he knew that that was going to hurt the economy over the next few years, but he also knew that he needed to keep inflation under control. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, that's what we'll see this time around too, right? A, a fairly short lived period of higher inflation to try to get the price stabilization back between, uh, you know, because like we said earlier, what it, what is inflation? It's a basically a mismatch in the amount of money chasing uh, a certain amount of goods and services. So if you've got 
too much money supply out there or too everybody's making tons of money and there's all these supply chain problems that we all know about that's in the news all the time you've got too much money chasing too few goods and services so one of the primary weapons that the fed has at their disposal to fix that issue is raise rates raise raise interest rates and that should slow things down right because it's mm-hmm. going to make mortgages more expensive theoretically that will slow the housing market down um Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we talked about in our open in that uh, soundbite where it said, you know, 40 percent of people plan to take, uh, you know, not take a vacation or travel less. And, you know, so people are already starting to think about how am I going to curb my spending if this keeps up. And there's a lot of folks that have spent the last 10, 15 years in this this great market we've had. And now it's like, whoops, what do I do now? So that kind of leads us into the next topic. So what is different from when it was maybe back in the 70s and and what it is today? So um, we've kind of said a little bit of this already, but the biggest difference is this was brought on, from my perspective, uh, from the COVID shutdown, right? You can't just shut down an economy or even the global economy and not expect to have major ramifications from that, right? So this is a direct result of locking everybody up in their homes, telling them that it's too scary for you to go outside, stay home and keep your mask on, and and do that for a year or two in a row while paying them to stay home, right? Giving them stimulus money while the market is going up. So you've got, like I said earlier, you've got an infinite supply of money chasing a finite supply of goods and services. You see it especially in travel right now, right? Because people were cooped up for so long. Now they're ready to get out of their house, but not just get out of their house. They're ready to go travel again, go on a vacation, go to the beach, wherever. So we see what uh, airline tickets are doing up 40, 50% or more. Um, that's inflation. That's too much money supply chasing too few goods and services. So that's the huge difference, obviously, this time around. And it'll be something different next time we see inflation. But um, as opposed to it being, you know, going off the gold standard or, um, you know, the oil crisis of the 70s and whatnot, this is, from my perspective, almost like a man-made crisis where we should from my, again, my, I'm sure there are people out there listening that would totally disagree with this. I'm just telling you my opinion. We should never shut the economy down and told people to stay at home. Maybe people who were elderly who had, you know, already bad, you know, at risk health wise. Yeah, maybe you make a difference for them, but everybody else should have been like, go to work. You know, you don't change things. You don't just shut down everything for two years and expect things to be fine when you come back Mm -hmm. and there's a reason that now the federal reserve really keeps watch on the inflation number and that's because of in the 70s they weren't keeping track of it i i was listening to a podcast talking about inflation and when paul volcker was chairman of the board and in his book he talks about wearing a patch of carpet in his office out because he knew that what he was doing was going to be hurting the economy if you contrast it that with what Jerome Powell said in March, he said the probability of a recession in the next year is not particularly elevated. He pointed to different things like aggregate demand, um, labor markets, job growth, household and business balance sheets all being strong. Mm-hmm. So the the market is still it's still strong. Mm-hmm. Labor market strong, jobs are strong. We just need a correction. Yeah, and and w- that correction will come through. And that's all true. And, and he's right on target. And you're right on target with what you said. He said that is. If you look at all the data points, the data points tell you the economy is strong. But you know what? 
another major data point that I think people are forgetting there is that, you know, the Fed has already indicated they're going to raise your interest rates several times to try to combat the inflation problem. Well, guess what has typically resulted when the Fed raises interest rates too far too fast? Recession, right? So, and the Fed doesn't have a great track record of, of managing this correctly, right? Um, so, because uh, I, I don't think, I personally don't think you can manage an economy. Right, Ronald Reagan said you can't manage an economy without managing people or controlling people. And so I think they've got this misguided belief that they're they're the masters of the universe and they have all wisdom and all knowledge and they can pull the right levers in the right manners in the right way and give us the soft landing that we're all hoping for. I hope they're right. I fear that they're misguided. Mm-hmm. But we do we do know that COVID isn't near the threat that it was on shutting down warehouses across the world and shutting down transportation logistics. And so yeah. to, to that point of the supply chain being corrected over this period of time, that that's a bright future. If that and, and the counterpoint to that would be, and you're right. Uh, the, my counterpoint to that would be, you know, I don't think that China, we talked about this prior to uh, the podcast day. I don't think China is our friend and what do we see in the news just here in the last few weeks? What do we see China doing? This more of the same, right? Shutting down factories, shutting down cities, to locking their citizens back at home because they've got a minor COVID outbreak or whatever it is. Well, guess what that's going to do to the supply chain? It's going to continue to take that much longer for the supply chain to heal itself. And so, again, it kind of goes back to uh, some of the things that a former president was advocating, that we've got to bring our supply chain back home and but the problem with that is it takes a long time to fix that issue but yeah we are we are still overly dependent upon foreign production for our supply chain and that's going to be a problem so guys it sounds like we've been talking about a lot of gloom and doom supply chain issues inflation is going up the fed going to raise the interest rates even more it it, it all sounds like man i need to crawl in a cave and just <laughs> wait for a few years but this is If you look at it from a different perspective, we go back in time and we look from 1980 to 1990. David, what happened to the stock market? Yeah, it went from roughly, if you pull up the Dow, 1980, it was roughly about 800, a little bit below 800 in 1980. Then from 1980 to 1983, by 83, it was up to about 1,200. So that's up about 50% in those three years. And And then if you go all the way out to 1990, it was up to about 2,800. So up about three and a half, almost four times what it was trading at in 1980. So to your point, Mike, even though there was high inflation that we just talked about in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, we, we came out of it and we came out of it in a strong way. So, uh, we have every reason to hope and believe that that will, that will happen this time as well. So it's a great time to plant your garden. Yeah. If you don't need it right away, Go ahead and invest and bend it for the long haul, five years or longer. And if history repeats itself, you should be fine. That's right. All right. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode. And I'm going to do a quick shout out to Matt. Matt's a listener. He shared some kind words for the podcast. So we appreciate that, Matt. All right. So that was episode 99. Stay tuned for the next few episodes. We'll be continuing our conversation on inflation. And next week, of course, is episode 100. Fantastic. All right, we'd like to end each one with a thought of the day. David's already mentioned Milton Friedman, and this is a quote from him, and it says, Inflation 
is the one form of taxation that can be imposed without legislation. Inflation is the one form of taxation that can be imposed with, without legislation. Easy for me to say. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to you joining us next week, episode 100 on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.